This is the Directory of a Dream Life 50 Plus podcast, and I'm your host, Marsha Ogden. Here's a little snippet. So, am I right in assuming that the script writer is now your wife? Yeah. The lady who sent you the script. The script writer is now my wife. Excellent. That's a fantastic story. You should write a script about your life. (laughs) Or have you done that already? It's lovely to have you here. This podcast is definitely for you if, like me, you're over 50, but again, like me, you're not done yet. Once a week, we'll have a chat about topics that are dear to our hearts as we hurtle towards things like retirement, empty nesting, staying healthy, downsizing. Oh, the list goes on. But all the vocabulary and references will be stuff that we relate to. It'll be a mix of education, inspiration and humour with a dollop of seriousness. Sometimes I'll have guests, sometimes I'll offer freebies or offers and sometimes you'll just have to put up with little old moi. But first, here's a word from our sponsor. The Directory of a Dream Life 50 Plus podcast is very happy to be sponsored by Organic Secrets UK Limited. With a mission to spread the word about natural relief from mental and physical conditions that stop us from living our best life, Organic Secrets is an online supplier of high-quality CBD and supplements. Hop over to www.organicsecrets.co.uk right after this podcast. There's also a link in the show notes. Hello and welcome to episode 55 of the Directory of a Dream Life 50 Plus podcast. This one's called The Arts Take Two. An interview with indie film producer Tarak Qureshi. If you've heard the last couple of episodes, you will know that for this series, number two, year two, whatever we want to call it, I am taking a leaf from the book of Sesame Street and concentrating on a particular letter of the alphabet. Now, last week, we kicked off with A, surprisingly, and that was represented by the arts, alcohol and appreciation. But it didn't all fit into one episode. So this week, episode 55, is pretty much dedicated to the conversation I had recently with indie film producer Tarak Qureshi. Also last week, you had the chance to comment and tag on my podcast posts on social media for a chance to win Stephen Williams' book, Bin Day and Other Poems for Dads. Just in time for Father's Day. I'll announce the winner just before the end of this episode. But before we hear from Tarak, here's a reminder about the two opportunities to win a Directory of a Dream Life 50 Plus selection box. Oh, it's competitions all the way. We're so generous. But you've got to be in it to win it. Here's how. On Apple Podcasts or on YouTube, remembering that not all the episodes are up on YouTube yet, but all the recent ones are, and any that I've made reference to recently are up there too. Anyway, when you've finished listening to this episode, go to Apple Podcasts or YouTube 
And please, please, please rate, review and subscribe to the Directory of a Dream Life 50 Plus podcast. Tell your friends too. That's all you have to do to be in with a chance of winning one of these lovely selection boxes. Because I'll be looking at the reviews, writing down the names of the reviewers and putting them into a hat. I'll draw a name out and that person will be the proud owner of one of these selection boxes. There'll be two chances to win, one at the end of June and one at the end of July. The more listeners we have, the more of a community we can build together. And the more popular it becomes, the more it gets distributed by the technology. So what's in the selection box? Well, it'll be a selection, obviously, of gifts, at least four in each box. There'll be something from me something from Organic Secrets, our sponsor. There'll be a voucher maybe, and who knows what else. I am still gathering prizes in. Now the bit you've been waiting for. Tarak Qureshi lives half his time in Bulgaria and half in London, England. He fits our age profile. He's an indie film producer, an actor and businessman. Our interview wasn't without problems due to the signal. You'll notice that on a couple of words there's a little bit of glitching, but nothing terrible. At one point we did abandon ship and resume again the following day because the signal just dropped completely. But with my seamless editing, you won't see the join, hopefully. Mockham and Wise reference there. Here's Tarek. Today on the Directory of a Dream Life 50 Plus podcast, we are delighted to have with us Tarak Qureshi. A uh, pleasure to be here and uh, thanks to LinkedIn for, yes. uh, for making the introduction. Tell us where you're from and um, where you are now. Presently, my situation is, is that I'm in Bulgaria mm-hmm. by the Black Sea. I've got... Um, Greece and Turkey, uh, Macedonia and Romania as neighbours, and the Black Sea as well. And before that, I was living in London. Before that, it was Newcastle upon Tyne. And before that, it was Halifax in West Yorkshire, right. where, I, uh, where I lived from the age of nine, nine till I was 20, 25, 26. Mm-hmm. And my education was, I went to secondary uh, I went to primary school, did my 11 plus, went to secondary mm-hmm. school and then went to college and then went to university. And my background's been in computers. Right. right. Mm-hmm. Uh, I hope you don't mind and I hope the public don't mind who are watching this. I'm, I'm smoking. I'm terrible. I'm an addict. We'll let you I'm on. an addict. I can't, <laughs> I, I won't, I'll admit it. Uh, caffeine addict and nicotine addict. And occasionally, the, the, occasionally a drum of, uh, was it, Jack Daniels with Coke. Oh, oh, I've got some on the shelf behind me. <laughs> really? You can have some. <laughs> Where were you between being born and being nine then? Being born and? And being nine years old in Yorkshire. Oh, I was, uh, I was born in um, Africa, in Kenya. My Father was born there and his brother and sisters were born there. And then when Kenya got its independence, uh, 
all my family apart from one aunt and my grandparents stayed and we went to Pakistan and then from there we ended up in uh, in London and then from London we moved to Halifax where my brothers where my father's two brothers were living you're an indie film producer now well i call myself an indie film producer because it's quite a hip term yeah right that uh, indie being short for independent mm -hmm. and that came out because the studios in america uh were looking to expand uh, their product range and they decided to take on art house movies mm. okay and they had their own specialist division which dealt with that with budgets be below five or ten million dollars that had known actors in but mm -hmm. the subject wasn't very commercial it wasn't action or draw action thrillers and it wasn't uh, uh what is it uh, horror right okay and it was mostly drama um a good example is uh oh there's this uh spanish or the brazilian director uh there's also a good example is woody allen all his films they're all dramas mm -hmm. right there's no action thrillers a shoot of this and stuff but he he got his money from investors and not the studios it was the studios who handled the distribution and sales okay but he got financed and he was able to make one or two films a year and then there was all that controversy uh, regarding his adopted children and so forth etc etc and uh anyway so that's where indie comes from mm -hmm. uh, so they weren't really independent because they were financed by the studios but what subsequently happened is that uh people who were outside the studio system became known as independents. In other words, they had no parent company looking over their heads like mm -hmm. the studios do now because they're all part of, part of uh, conglomerates mm -hmm. like Sony is. Sony right. owns, uh, I think it's Universal or something, right? Disney owns some other... Uh, uh, other companies etc etc and what happened was then was i spent a couple of years doing odd jobs here and there and in london and stuff and moving from one house to another and being homeless as well right. with my family and so forth and then i started in 1996 i got a diagnosis which resulted in me having a lot of time on my hands so i started pursuing uh the entertainment industry i should say i covered radio theater video films and stuff got my education spent about four or five years doing that and then started working on practical projects etc etc and that's how i developed contacts mm -hmm. network again more experience and so forth and uh as a result of that, uh, I am where I am today, where I now. I live in two countries, Varna, Bulgaria, and London, How England. How did Bulgaria come right? about? It came about because a scriptwriter sent me a script. <laughs> <laughs> I ignored it. And two weeks later, I'm looking through my email and said, oh, I haven't read that. 
So I read it. Yeah. I liked it, right? It was uh, old uh, King Arthur and stuff type of story and magicians and immortal people yeah. and stuff. You know, very fantasy mixed with history and stuff. A lot of action, romance and stuff. It, it looks all right. So I started talking with her and so forth. And my first marriage was, uh, was on the rocks, actually, at that time. And we just carried on developing our relationship. And a year later, I ended up in Sofia meeting her for the first time after talking mm -hmm. with her on the phone, you know? And then found out she was living in Varna, which is a coastal city, uh, uh, a tourist uh, hotspot, mm -hmm. actually. Uh, about 10 or 12 different beaches and stuff, a beach alley, restaurants, mm -hmm. port wow. area, right? And it's a, it's a bay as well, so there's a bridge connecting mm -hmm. the two parts. Beautiful city, beautiful city, actually. You've got the sea and the beaches, and six months of the year, you've got sunshine all around. You know, she goes, um, she gets tanned, I get tanned, right? We go, we go down to the beach every single day, spend about two hours there, have a swim and sunbathe and do some work as well. And it's really nice. There's hardly, hardly any crime in this city. Yeah, crime, yeah. You never hear of anybody being mugged or... A bank being robbed or a shop or a whatever. Never. You know, it's very, very um, safe and friendly. Yeah, and rare these days as well. Yes. Yeah. So am I right in assuming that the script writer is now your wife? Yep. The lady who sent you the script? The script writer yeah. is now my wife. Excellent. That's a fantastic story. You should write a script about your life. <laughs> oh. <laughs> or have you done that already? <laughs> no, I'm actually doing it. I've set myself a period of six months from now, from the 1st yeah. of June till the end of uh, what, 30, 31 days in December, isn't there? Yeah, yeah. In that time to write my book. And I've got right. somebody who's actually said they'll mentor me to do that, right? Yeah. They'll, they'll help mm -hmm. me to do that. So that's great. So yeah. I'm oh, be doing, I've already got a name for it. It's called... Khan's Kingdom. Khan's oh, Kingdom. Khan's Kingdom. That's right. And what's the relevance of Khan? Where does that come in? Oh, Khan means is an, uh, an old name for ruler. Ah, king. right. King's Kingdom. Yeah, yeah. Khan's Kingdom. Khan's Kingdom. Yeah, the right. most famous yeah. Khan is Genghis Khan and Kublai Khan. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Mm. Oh, I never knew it meant king. Yeah. Oh, right. Always learning. Every day is a school day. So we'll have to look out for your book next year. Well, then. I'll self-publish it. I've all, we've already done one, actually. We've already done a book. Uh, mm. And it's for young adults. Right. No, it's based on our feature film. Oh, right. Oh, tell us about that. Yeah, because uh, going back to my the romance we started and everything and whatnot, and one thing that attracted me to her, right, other than that she's good-looking <laughs> and intelligent, is the fact that um, she she's written 40, 40 novels wow. right, based on the story of the saga, I should say, the saga of immortal magicians throughout history to the present yeah. time. 40 books. Wow. So what I did, I took the first one, translated it into English, right, and then wrote a screenplay. And that process took two mm -hmm. years. And that film is currently budgeted at $25 million. Right. 
right? 11 million for the stars and the rest is making it and stuff and so yeah. forth. And we're hoping to go into production on that uh, within the next six right. months. So I take it coronavirus has, has put a, a stop to proceedings at the minute then? It's put a stop to the film yeah. industry like every mm. other industry. So There's nothing mm. unusual about it or peculiar about it. But the thing is, there's so many people involved in the chain, the manufacturing chain, yeah, the supply, mm. the manufacturing, the distribution, it has a knock-on exactly, effect. Exactly, yeah, yeah. yeah. You know, even from down to the people who just write stories, mm. right? You, you, you've got a couple of scripts that you've written, right? Nobody's interested in reading them because they, they've got projects which have stopped. Exactly, yeah, yeah. They can't shoot yeah. them. You know, everyone's on catch so, up. Yeah. Yeah. We've had the advantage of the internet, and I think everyone's had to change the way they work. Um, particularly actors, I think every all the out of work actors, me included, we've been doing monologue competitions, and yeah, it, yeah there's been a lot of stuff around, but just to keep your hand in, sort of thing, and keep <laughs> a network. But yeah, I mean, the industry in general. It's, it's just been one heck of a blow, hasn't it? And I don't know how it's going to get back, really, because, you know, like for cinemas, for your films. My point of view is that they're going to concentrate more on screening now that people have got used to, by mm. default, watching yes. films and entertainment things on their computers, especially. Yeah. Right? I mean, I, I think a lot of, I think I would say 90% of the households in the UK have smart TVs. Yeah, uh, well, I don't know whether it's that high, but a lot of people have got the technology. And maybe about 50% of them have more than one screen in the house, mm -hmm. one smart TV in the house, mm. you know, right? And they've got used to it, so it's an experience, and if it's been a good experience, right, mm -hmm. they'll do it again. Yeah, yeah. They'll, they'll, they'll do it again, you know, and that means currently a film, anything over five, Five million plus is guaranteed to be seen in the in the cinema, in the theaters, mm -hmm. right? And that means basically then the studios have an option, uh, the filmmakers have an option, right? Whether at the same time they put it in the theater mm -hmm. and put it uh, live on streaming, mm -hmm. both at yeah. the same time, right. right? Okay, some of the cinemas object because they want first look. Yeah, yeah. Because they're going to lose revenue, yeah, right. But there's always a compromise to be made, yeah. you know. And the numbers will show, right? For example, with Zoom, nobody had heard of it. Mm. Nobody, right? Nobody heard of Zoom. They all knew of Skype video mm. calling, mm. right? But not this Zoom platform. What yeah. was made by some Chinese guy? Yeah, it was right? very much well, a business platform. Zoom wasn't it? Yeah, uh, now everyone's using it. Yeah, right yeah. now everyone. There was Google Hangouts yeah. and stuff yeah. and stuff, right? But nobody really bothered using that much because yeah. you have to have a Gmail account and video. I don't want to do video calls. Yeah. Ooh, I look horrible on camera. You know? Yeah. Well, yeah. look at them. Everybody's doing it. Well, I think I think yeah. it's it's been good in in a way that. Because the director of a Dream Life 50 Plus podcast is aimed at people, obviously, over 50, and some are a lot over 50. 
and didn't previously bother with technology but they yeah. have learned because they've had a reason to to see their families and their, their grandchildren they've had a reason to learn it and found it's a lot easier than they thought and found you know yeah. you can stream there's always the, the barrier to trying anything new yeah yeah if you're an inquisitive and intelligent person you'll do it and see what it's like what genre is is your speciality for your films what do you look um, for i currently don't have a speciality i'm uh, more of a producer and an actor than i am a director and on the producing side we're across the board excluding romantic uh, romances and comedies mm -hmm. because they, they don't travel well mm -hmm. romantic uh, romance travels everybody understands the concept of love mm -hmm. right well with comedy it can be peculiar to one culture. Mm. One joke is funny in one among one group of people, but the yeah. other people find it offensive. Yeah, yeah. You know, the other people yeah. find it offensive. So we we're, we do action thrillers, we do horrors, we do dramas, we do sci-fi, right? Across mm -hmm. the board, apart yeah. from those two particular yeah. genres right. or sub-genres, some people might refer to them as. And I have specialized, going back to your original question, I specialize in niche markets, mm -hmm. right? But for example, the 50 plus mm -hmm. or teenagers, yeah? yeah. Or, or mothers, yeah. right? You know, those specific needs that people who actually hang out on the internet mm -hmm. and are active on social media because that's where I'm going to get their attention exactly yeah yeah you know i won't get it through the newspapers mm -hmm. i won't get it through tv and i won't yeah. get it through magazines or uh, radio right mm -hmm. I'll, I'll get it through podcasts because they listen to podcasts with the headphones in like i've got mine and uh, so that's what i'm targeting and the first one i niche i started with is people who like dance who dance who dance and like uh, dance films Mm -hmm. uh, coupled with salsa music. Right. Oh, this is the film you made. Was it last year or the year before? Uh, it, made, it was made a number last... of years ago. Yeah. It's right. called Strictly Salsa: The Beginning. Yeah. It's currently out now on yeah. the UK, uh, Amazon UK, Amazon Prime. It's on Amazon Strictly Prime salsa. at the moment. Okay. Strictly Salsa: The Beginning, and we've got a sequel in the works. And that's going to start shooting hopefully this year or next yeah. year. Right. Another in the English language. Yeah. Yeah. Right. Oh, well, I'll find the Amazon link and stick it on there then. Stick it on the show notes and we can have a look. Yeah, definitely. It's mm -hmm. It's a lot of music mm -hmm. by one particular artist who appears in the film. Yeah. And is part of the team. And the rest is a little romance as well and a competition and rivalry between two salsa teams and the, the story came about because we took up salsa seven years ago me and the wife yeah we did it for two years and we said how about making a film out of it mm -hmm. so we decided to do a web series when they were quite new yeah and then we thought the amount of money time and effort we're going to spend on a web series we might as well make our first feature film yeah and we'll make a web series after that, which we did as well. But that wow. one's in the that one's in the Bulgarian language. Right, right. With what we've made, I need to mention this. With what we made, it was just a silly idea. Somebody came up within the team, and we went out and shot it. Right. 
Mm. Okay, and it's about these two big uh, muggers, right? Robbers, you could say, yeah. bandit, right? Who tried to rob a young kid. Yeah. Yeah? And he's got his car in his bag, and they say, what you got in the bag? So he sits down on a park bench, right? He's walking through the park, he sits down, and he opens up his bag and he starts pulling stuff out about 20 different things, right. <laughs> including a carjack. Right? <laughs> Brilliant. And that one has touched somewhere about two and a half million views. Yeah. And that's what's driving people to become our subscribers. We've got seven and a half thousand so far, I think. Yeah. I might be wrong, but it's around that figure. Right. You know? And what's, what's that called? What's that? Is that a link um, on um, YouTube? Uh, yeah, it, it's on our uh, YouTube channel, JJ Filmworks. Yeah. You'll find it's, it's all uh, segmented, the content, into various categories. You've got playlists. If you go to playlists, yeah. then you'll see all the categories there and the videos. Mm -hmm. We've got about 148 or 150 wow. videos. Okay, I'll have a look. Yeah, yeah. Okay. There's trailers for our film. Uh, and the last one we did was... Uh, based on a poem by Edgar Allan Poe. Right. If you know any of his work, it's called A Dream Within a Dream. Right. I know I know the name Edgar Allan Poe, but I, I have to confess to not really knowing his work. <laughs> so you referred earlier, and I'll cut this out if you don't want it in the interview, you, when you were telling us about how you got to where you are, you brushed over very quickly. And for a period of time, I got into a bit of bother. <laughs> Are we allowed to pick you up on that? Um, the, the reason why I got into bother came apparent in 1996. Mm. I mean, this is going back 1980. So mm -hmm. 16, yeah, 16-odd 16 years after that the incident and stuff, mm. right? And uh, I didn't do anything bad. I didn't beat people up. I didn't rob anybody or anything like that. You know what I yeah. mean? Yeah. Right? But what I did deserved what I got, right? Okay. There was money on the table, you know, involved in stuff. Uh, it's, it's, right? And uh, I mean, uh, I'm going to let people guess what I did. Right, and if somebody's okay. really inquisitive, they can ask me and I'll tell them. Okay. Right. Okay, but the reason I ended up in trouble with the law was because of my um, character. Not my personality, my mm -hmm. character. And that my character was defined and realized uh, the source of it, the source of my character, right, was... Uh, uh, diagnosed in 1996. Yeah. And then I was able to reflect back on the past, right, and say, why did I do those things that I did? Because they sound totally crazy, mm. what I did, right? Placing your trust in somebody that you're ready to give up your life for them. You understand, why the hell did I do that? Mm. You know, all right, I knew them and blah, blah, grew up with them, but yeah. to place so much trust on somebody that, your liberties at stake. Yeah. Yeah. And through receiving the diagnosis and spending some time in hospital, I was able to look back at everything that I'd done up to that point and put it in perspective mm -hmm. and say mm -hmm. it wasn't my fault. Mm. 
you didn't know at the time. Nobody knew, mm. right? Mm. Nobody knew. And that's why you did the things you did, you mm. know? So there comes a point in everybody, to, uh, some trauma, yeah? Mm. Some trauma occurs, yeah. right? Yeah. It is usually caused by stress. Because mm-hmm. well, nobody goes out looking for trouble, right? Mm. Caused by mm. stress, family, work, whatever. And that results in them in reaching a point of uh, reflection, right? And then when they realize what, how to put it into perspective, then they can move on and not make those same mistakes. So from 1996 yeah. Yeah. up to the present time, which is what, 20, 2020? Yeah, 90, uh, yeah, 24 years ago, my life is completely different. Yeah. Yeah. completely different i've been able to keep those tendencies in check mm-hmm. and so forth right and to be able to progress to a stage where i mean uh, my life is under my control mm. yeah. yeah right my life is under my control mm. okay i do what i want with whoever i want and that's it you know mm-hmm. and money isn't always the issue and uh, i think from my perspective, because this is for people above 50 plus, right, the 50 plus mm. crowd, is that um, you've got to reflect on where you've been and where you're going to go and try not to make the same mistakes you did 50 years previously. Yeah. Uh, you know? Yeah. Because yeah. Uh, there's a saying, there's no fool like an old fool. Yeah. Right? There's no fool, fool like an old fool. In other words, you should have learned from your mistakes. Exactly, yeah. No, yeah, otherwise yeah. you're a fool. That's what yeah. you are. Yeah. You but know? it's like like you said, in a lot of cases it's when you it's triggered by a trauma and a period mm-hmm. of reflection. But at some point you do realise you are in control. It's all in your mindset. It's not the fault of the government or the economy or I'm from a broken home or well I was very poor as a child. That isn't an, an excuse you are in control yeah and and that continues until you sort of till you die it doesn't matter whether you're 25 or 85 you shouldn't be restricted by well i'm a grandma i, ca- I can't do that now of course you can yeah. blink and do it if you want to do it and you're physically able to do it you can do it that's uh that's my wife's attitude because I say to her sometimes, I can't do this, love. I'm 61. Mm. He says, you what? <laughs> says, Don't you believe? Because at the very beginning when we met so many years ago, I said to you that as far as I'm concerned, uh, we're never going to age. Mm. We're never going to grow old. You know, we're forever going to stay young. Yeah. You know? Yeah. And that, she reminds me of that all the time. Yeah, yeah. Oh, it's all, definitely all in the mind. So, do you have any parting message? Oh, I'll tell you what, what I want to ask you that I always ask my guests. If you met the teenage Tarak now and he could see you, you could see him, what do you think he would say? Yeah, I'm proud that we did that. And is there anything that you might, that you think he might say, "Mm, I wish we hadn't gone that route? I think that the proudest thing really comes from the fact when I became a father Mm -hmm. and I've got four absolutely amazing kids, two boys and two girls, Mm -hmm. right? 
And uh, my wife is pissed off with them because none of them look like her. (laughs) (laughs) Of course, they all look like me. (laughs) (laughs) And they're all over over the world, weren't you saying? All over the world, yeah. 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 And and is there anything that the teenage Tarak might have thought? I I, I just tell him, live your life best as you can. Yeah. Live and learn. Yeah. Because knowing what I know is going to get better. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, there'll yeah, be bad yeah. times. Uh, we're human beings. Yeah, uh, we all fall under. Actually, there's not just seven deadly sins. There's more, mm. right? Okay, and and there's not just ten commandments. There's more commandments, <laughs> right? But they're the ones that everybody refers to. The seven deadly sins, mm. and we're all um, we're all susceptible to them. Mm-hmm whatever stage you know gluttony yeah. like yeah, yeah. uh yeah. chocolate yeah. right yeah you don't need it but you see it and you want yeah. it yeah yeah you know yeah. there's no, you, your body doesn't need it but you see it and boing i gotta have it yeah, yeah. right yeah. well it's been absolutely lovely talking to you Tarek. you've taken me back to the past made me think when i was a teenager when i was at school and stuff <laughs> i've talked about the bad points in my life skimmed over them nothing specific because i don't think there's any good me telling you what i actually mm-hmm. did as long as i say it wasn't this this and this mm-hmm. right you know i'm not i wasn't a mass mm-hmm. murderer or blah blah abused anybody mm-hmm. or anything you know and it's something that people would love to do themselves right. what I did. <laughs> Made us want to know. <laughs> well, that's it. You should be defined by your past, and it's just it's in the past, isn't yeah. it? So, um, but yeah, that it's been interesting talking to you. No, actually, just to give you another hint, another clue as to what I did, it's what people say when they don't have enough money. Right. I wish I could. Oh, okay. I know I what you did. Yeah. yeah. Right. Right. <laughs> right. <laughs> <laughs> but without any uh, ding right. ding, <laughs> bang bang, or none of that stuff. Yeah. No. But the thing is, the reason I mentioned it is because that slate is yeah, clean yeah. now. Mm-hmm. It's not even on yeah. my record. Mm-hmm. It's wiped, finished yeah. with. You know, it's only for me to actually to disclose yeah. it to people. Yeah. Yeah. You know? I will say thank you very much, Tarak, for your time. Fantastic. What a lovely man. We chatted for one hour, 10 minutes. So you just got the edited highlights there. (laughs) The link to his film Strictly Salsa The Beginning is in the show notes, along with his production company's YouTube channel. Now, drumroll please. The winner of Stephen Williams' book Binde and Other Poems for Dad is Jen Carter. Well done. Please contact me with your postal address. Either send an email to marsha at gurgleit.com or direct message me on Facebook. And the links for everything are in the show notes. Do it quickly so that I can make sure the book gets to you before Father's Day. And thank you for engaging with us. Next week's directory of a Dream Life 50 Plus will be brought to you by the letter B. Look out for more detail on our Instagram and Facebook pages. And I'll see you then. Thanks for listening. 
Don't forget to subscribe, share and review on Apple Podcasts or YouTube. And do join us again next week for another episode. The Directory of a Dream Life 50 Plus podcast is brought to you by our sponsor, Organic Secrets UK Limited. Learn more at www.organicsecrets.co.uk If you enjoyed today's show, catch up on all episodes at www.organicsecrets.co.uk directoryofadreamlife.com